Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. How are you now? How are you now? Folks, bit of a shocker for you today. Your Montreal Canadiens have won two games in a row. They beat the Winnipeg Jets in Montreal by a score of 4-1. to Hello and welcome to episode uh, 45 of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and uh, what a game by the Montreal Canadiens, man. Um, I, I don't care if you're on Team Tank. you you got to look at that one and say, well, that's the best team in the Western Conference. They came out and played that well. Um, you know, on the flip side, you could say, is that really the best team in the Western Conference? Well, currently, according to the standings, they are. So you got to hand it to them. You got to hand it to him for going out there against ostensibly the best team, the standings would say, in the Western Conference and playing as well as they did. Um, really surprising. Um, I was not expecting that good of a game whatsoever. And let's jump right into the recap because there are quite a few individual performances that I do want to single out. Um, and for good reason. And there's some encouraging things in there, even for the Team Tank people. So stay tuned. I'll explain. But let's get into that recap. Uh, definitely a great game to recap. Lots of goals for the Montreal Canadiens and not many against. Gotta love it. So first two minutes or so were a little bit rough for the Habs. Uh, they were getting kind of shelled for a, about 120 seconds. Uh, they gave up a really bad two-on-one. Joel Edmondson just kind of looking lost and, um, you know, it leads to a two-on-one. But uh, Cole Perfetti sailed it over the net. And from there, I was like, all right, boys, 
if you settle down here, you can stop this from turning ugly. Because again, I was expecting a bad game and I just didn't want it to get ugly. Um, and sure enough, they go out there and for the remainder of that period, they pretty much ran rough shot over the Jets. After five minutes, the shots were six to one in favor of the Habs. They're getting way better chances. By the end of the period, shots were 10 to six. So they're not running away with this game or anything like that, but they were the better team by a pretty decent margin. And we go into the second 0-0. But of course, very end of the first period, there was a penalty called against the Montreal Canadiens. So they are coming out on a penalty kill to start the second. <clears throat> and they get pretty close to killing it off. But you leave Kyle Connor alone. Uh, near the top of the face-off circle on his offside where he can get that one-timer. Yeah, that's dangerous. That's exactly what they do, and he's money from there. Claps it in. one nothing for the Jets. But the Habs, they get a power play right afterwards, and you're thinking, all right, maybe this is a chance here. Nope, doesn't go. However, a few minutes after the failed power play, beautiful pass in the offensive zone by Justin Barron over to Evgeny Dadanov, and he claps one. Evgeny Dadanov been struggling all season long, and it's 1-1. The Habs are right back in this. And then right after that, uh, I, I, I want to say a minute, maybe a little bit more, Kirby Doc takes a hit to get a zone entry. Really nice play by Kirby Doc. Feeds Mike Hoffman. He's coming in on the wing. Snipes it. 2-1 to one for the Montreal Canadiens. A few minutes after that, Christian Dvorak puts one on net. Failed clear by Winnipeg. I think it was Lowry on defense. I don't know. Somebody tried to clear the puck. Wasn't a very good clear. Gets held in. Dvorak puts it on net. Connor Hellebuck puts out the juiciest rebound you've ever seen with the flippers. Directly to Evgeny Dadanov. And he gets his second of the game. It's 3-1 to one for the Montreal Canadiens. We go into the third with that as your score. Great second period by the Habs. Way to battle back after giving up a goal early. Um... I, again, super surprised. I thought, you know, really good first period. You go into the second, they give up a quick goal. I'm like, all right, here's where the wheels come off. No, they absolutely got right back on their horse and took it to the Jets. So we go into the third. Um, got a pretty good lead here, but you know what they say about two goal leads or the worst lead in hockey? Uh, the Habs have to kill off another early penalty, and they do it, and then they get back to work, getting good chances, and they eventually do get their insurance marker. A beautiful skate through all three zones by Mike Matheson. Takes it from his zone all the way into the offensive zone along the side near the boards. Not too far off the boards. Just a beautiful skate by him. Takes a hit. Gives to Doc. And Kirby Doc with a beautiful move. Goes around the net. Tries the wraparound. Doesn't go. But Josh Anderson comes flying in and cleans it up. Makes it 4-1. to one. End of the game. Jets are trying to get back into this thing and mount a comeback. And with about a minute and change on the clock... Arbor Jacki goes with Adam Lowry. They got a nice Tilly going. It's a spirited one. We give the decision to Jacki on that one. The Sheriff gets it because he got the takedown at the end, but that was a good fight. And then after that, this beautician, Arbor Jacki, tapping on the Montreal Canadiens logo on his chest and showing it off to the crowd to let everybody know who he plays for. I love it. The Habs win. I enjoyed that game. And here's why Team Tank should enjoy that game. I think it should be pretty obvious why Team Tank should enjoy that game. Look at who scored. Evgeny Dadunov gets two. Josh Anderson gets one. Are we not at least a little bit excited about those guys scoring some goals? Mike Hoffman getting one? Are we not all thinking the same thing? That some of these guys would be pretty nice to trade away and stack some assets? We've also been thinking for quite some time that all three of those guys are going to be pretty tough to trade away. 
Josh Anderson, I think, is probably the easiest. You're going to get offers for him. You're definitely going to get offers. And apparently the Habs have a pretty high asking price on him. He might be the hardest out of those three to trade at this point because the other two, you'll kind of take what you can get, right? Dadunov, let's start with him. Why? Because he's he's my player of the game there. Actually, you know what? We're going co-player of the game today. Dadunov and Justin Barron. Let's start with Dadunov because I think he's trade bait and I don't think Justin Barron's trade bait. Dadunov is only trade bait insofar as we want him to be traded. It's been reported very recently even that nobody wants to acquire him and nobody's willing to pay for him. I don't care what the Habs get for him. That's why I'm willing to call him trade bait anyways because if they if they get a fourth round pick for him, and I don't care what year it's in, I don't even care if it's in 2023, if they get anything, it's better than nothing. You can retain the maximum amount of salary. It's not going to hurt you because he's off the books next year anyways. If he can get going here, Right? We don't need to win a bunch of games or anything and have him score all the game-winning goals in order for him to be moved. I think that he's still a player that draws some interest. Think about it. Anaheim tried to trade for him last year. Did they not? Maybe he wasn't the centerpiece of that trade, but did they not try to trade for him? Do we really not think that there's some pedigree around him in the league where there is a team out there that might say, you know what, I'd like to shore up my bottom six a little bit. Uh, this is a guy who's, you know, he's sure he's been playing up in the lineup, but it's Montreal and they're not very good. Maybe we could throw, maybe we could throw a third round pick their way and get him to retain half the salary. I would love a third round pick for Evgeny Dadanov at this point. We know he's not coming back next year. Anything they can get for him is gravy. Take it. I think if he keeps playing like that, I mean, he's, he hasn't been bad recently. He's actually been playing pretty decently. Um, he just hasn't been able to find the net. Now he gets two goals. Maybe that, maybe that's the floodgates opening. Maybe we see a little bit more coming out of him. And maybe as we approach the deadline, we start hearing some whispers about him. I don't think that the Habs are going to hesitate for a second to pull a trade on a deal involving him. He gets co-player of the game, obviously, for two goals. Uh, one of them being a beauty. The other one being pretty much a tap-in thanks to that rebound from Hellebuck. But, you know, you got to be good to be lucky. you got to be in the right place to get those rebounds. And he was. Um, really good game from him and uh, hopefully more to come uh, because Habs could really use uh, a universe where he makes himself valuable enough to get something back for them in a trade. And then you got Justin Barron. Um, that, for me, his best game in a Montreal Canadiens uniform by a sight. Very encouraging. He's a player that obviously we acquired in the Arturi Lekkanen trade and I've been pretty hard on Justin Barron. I was the low ranking on him in our top 25 under 25 during the summer among the EOTP staff and even the community vote was was higher on him than I was. I had him all the way down at number 20. Um, <clears throat> I'm still not sold on him as a long-term defenseman with the Montreal Canadiens, um, but more games like that would go a long way to selling me. I can be sold on any player, Right? Given time and given good games, I can be sold on him. He was fantastic in that game, moving the puck, uh, making really smart passes. It wasn't just uh, the two assists that he had. He had two assists in the night, but even the breakout passes, the outlet passes that he was making in his own zone to facilitate transition for the Montreal Canadiens against, again, one of the best teams in the Western Conference right now. That was a very eye-opening game from him. And um, I'd like to see more of that. Um, again, this season, I've said it many times, has got to be about figuring out who can play around your top players. He's one of those guys that we got to figure out whether or not he is a solution. Can he play regular, you know, not necessarily top four, but can he play a regular shift regularly with the money? Can he be a regular roster player for them? As of yet, that's undetermined, but if he keeps playing like that, the answer, you know, 
it might be closer to a yes than a no. I don't know. Great game. So he gets co-player of the game. Uh, close third, however, right? I almost wanted to give him player of the game anyways, was Mike Matheson. This team is different when Mike Matheson's on the ice. Uh, there's no there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They're a different team when he's on the ice. They're considerably better. Uh, it's similar to Sean Monaghan. Him and Monaghan, with them two on the ice, uh, they're a pretty decent team. Without those two, eh, they're, they're a one-trick pony, and that one trick, you know exactly who it is. It's Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki, right? Now, in this game, you're actually able to see some people other than Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki getting it done. We didn't see much from Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. They were held in check for the most part. The Jets had them figured out. They didn't have the rest of the lineup figured out. I I struggle to remember the last time that the Habs had a game where they played this well and they didn't get the bulk of their scoring out of that top line or, or that top duo. I can't remember. If anybody else can remember, let me know. I honestly can't remember. And I think Mike Matheson was also, like Justin Barron and like Evgeny Dadunov, a big part of that. Um, his puck moving abilities, man. On that goal, on that Josh Anderson goal, he went all three zones like a hot knife through butter. It was beautiful. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. That was a fantastic skate by him. There's nothing. I know some people see a skate like that and they're like, well, whatever. He just skated. That's all he did. He just skated in a straight line. No, I, I, th- I think you're, you're missing the beauty of it. You're missing the recognition. The fact that he saw a lane and took it. The fact that he was able to accelerate enough to get through all three zones as a defenseman. I mean, that's not easy to do when you're playing AAA hockey when you're 14 years old. It's not easy to do as a defenseman. It's definitely not easy to do when you're playing in the National Hockey League. That was a beautiful skate. Beautiful skate. Then he takes a hit, makes a play. Kirby Doc makes another play, and boom, you got a goal. Uh, Fantastic game from Mike Matheson. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do when this team's actually good. He's he's one guy I don't want to see them trade. I'd like to see them hang on to him. I think he's got got more in the tank. I I think he could be a real key player for this team. Um... And I'd, I'd like to see him stick around. I don't know. I guess it all depends on the offer, right? I think he'd trade pretty much anybody depending on the offer. I would say probably not Cole Caulfield or Nick Suzuki. But if you start talking to me about Connor McDavid all of a sudden, I might change my tune on them too. So, uh, But that's not going to happen. So <laughs> we're, we're getting into ridiculous territory here. So let's move on. Let's move on from, you know, I'd like to just say I, I would like to see more of Mike Matheson. I don't want to see him traded as of right now. Then we got to move on to Jack Eye. I want to single out Jack Eye because, number one, I felt like he played a very effective game. Um, I have yet to look at natural stat trick, and that's why I wanted to wait until I actually recorded the podcast to do it because I felt like he probably had pretty good possession metrics in that game. I'm not entirely sure, but I felt like he was very physical. Uh, he was turning pucks over, and he looked like he was doing better transitionally than he normally does. So I wanted to check that live on the podcast and and do my own reaction. So I just opened up the website, and sure as God's got sandals, 60.87% Corsi. Best surrogate we've got for possession. 60.87% Arbor Jacki. 
that was number one on the team. Number one on the team. What else do we got for metrics that we could talk about here? Uh, shots for were 69.23%. Nice. Uh, goals for 100%. Obviously, he was on for one goal and none against. Expected goals for 53.94%. We're above 50 The one area where he's always struggled has been scoring chances. And yeah, a little bit still a problem. Uh, he was 5-5 on scoring chances, so 50%. And two high danger chances, four and three against, so 40%. Not the best, but certainly not his worst. Again, really great game from him. I, I felt it. I wanted to check that live instead of checking it ahead of time. And guess what? We learned something together that I was right. <laughs> and then you, you got to take the fight, right? You got to take that fight. Um, obviously, with Winnipeg down, they were a little bit frustrated, maybe starting to think about taking some liberties. Lowry's over there. He wants it. You take it, and win or lose that fight, man. The fact that he got up afterwards and he's he's grabbing the logo, he's patting the CH on his chest. Um, this guy's playing for the logo on the front, not the name on the back. And I'm I'm happy to see this kid succeed. You know, undrafted, working at Costco, got some curmudgeonly manager telling you that you're spending too much time on hockey and not enough at fucking Costco, and you're like, hey, listen, lady. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm playing in the Ontario Hockey League. It's actually a pretty significant league. And I guess they didn't believe him or whatever that he might make it big. And then now look at him, playing in the NHL. What a story. Apparently Sportsnet's going to do a feature on him uh, on Saturday for Hockey Day in Canada. He deserves it. If this guy goes on to have the kind of career that he might end up having, there should be a movie about his life. Some serious. I know that probably sounds like hyperbole because I'm a Habs fan. And of course, I would think that about a Habs player. But I've never said that about a Habs player before, except for Maurice Richard. And they have made a movie about him. They probably should also make a movie about Guy Lafleur. But I don't know. That's a different conversation for a different day. Um, <laughs> they should make a movie about Arbor Jackai too, if he ends up having the kind of career that I think he might have. Um, great game from him. Uh, wanted to single that performance out as well. Then you get to... Um, who are my other two guys that I was talking about in terms of trade bait, right? Mike Hoffman, Josh Anderson, both of them scored a goal. Uh, Josh Anderson, we know the asking price is high. I don't know if he's going to get moved. The Habs seem very high on him because they have such a high asking price. It might be unrealistic to think that he does get moved. But I think, you know, as the deadline approaches, if they get the right offer, which they might, because he's probably the sexiest name on their roster. He's probably the sexiest dude on their roster too, let's face it. Um, is uh, it's possible that they say yes to something, right? Somebody might come with that king's ransom where you just can't say no. And if that happens, I think they'll probably take it, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. And then Mike Hoffman. Um, Mike Hoffman, for all of the criticism that I've lobbed his way uh, early on in the season, you know, when he's been in the lineup lately, he's been pretty good. And clearly he's got a shot on him. I don't know. I don't know what they could get for him in a trade, but he's another guy where, like, if you can move on from him, you you know he's not going to be around here long-term anyways. Why not move on from him? Why not take what you can get? He's got an extra year on his contract, so that makes it a little bit tougher than Dadunov, for example. Dadunov, any team acquiring him, they know that he's coming off their books at the end of the year too, so they're not too concerned about it. Hoffman, he's got another year. So that could make things a little bit hairy. But... I think if he can continue to play well and if he can continue to chip in with some goals here and there, there might be a team out there. There might. 
be a team out there that says, you know what, I'd be willing to acquire a cheap veteran forward. Um, Habs might have to retain some salary, which is not the best thing in the world, but um, maybe there's a team that says, you know, I'll acquire that cheap veteran forward. I don't have to pay too much for him. And what, I get one more year after that that I got to deal with? It is one more, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's only one more year. So he's got next year left on his contract as well. Uh, but it's four point five million. So <laughs> it was a bad contract signing. Anyways, um, last but not least, certainly not least, uh, I do want to single out Samuel Montembeau for his game in that one. Um, uh, he's been playing some fantastic hockey lately. Jake Allen being out, and they're like, "Well, listen up, Sammy, you're gonna start every single damn game." And there's nothing that we can really do about it because we don't want to play Caden Primo and ruin his confidence by playing in front of it or behind, rather, a team that is one of the worst in the league. And Samuel Montembeau has taken that job and he's just run with it. The back-to-back, how well he played in those two back-to-backs and then what, he takes a night off right back out there and he's doing it again? Like, I mean, the Habs were the better team in that game. I would definitely... I, I, I would argue that to my grave, that they were the better team in that game. I know there's probably some Jet fans that feel different because this game was not a runaway for the Habs, but the Habs were the better team. That being said, what allowed them to really be the better team, in part, was their goaltending. At the end of the game there in the third period, score effects, right? Uh, Jets started catching up in the shot totals. They had a better third period than they did a first or second by a pretty significant margin. And Samuel Montembeau was making the saves that he needed to make. So great game from him. Uh, great stretch of three games for him, honestly. Playing some inspired goaltending back there for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, you, you love to see it. Uh, I, I think he's worked hard and he's had to put up with some rough games. Um, you know, He deserves to have a little stretch where things go well for him. And for a final thought I'm going to leave you with is, you know, the, the tank's been put on pause for a couple of games here. They won two straight. I know. A lot of Team Tank is thinking, what the fuck? What are we going to do? Are we really going to play ourselves out of a chance for Connor Bedard? I wouldn't worry too much about that. I think that the Habs... I I know that there's a press conference scheduled, I want to say tomorrow, with Kent Hughes. I think he'll give us... We we might get an idea there on when he's going to start making some trades, but I think they'll start making some trades. I think when they start making some trades, we'll start seeing some more losses. This team is going to fall, I, I think, at this point, they're close to bottom five. I think they might get into the bottom five, and then we'll we'll have to you know, cross our fingers for the lottery. I just don't think, even if they trade half the team at this point, I don't think we're going to catch up to like Chicago for dead last. Chicago's awful. They're fucking awful. Catching them is going to be virtually impossible, even for Arizona. And Arizona's lost nine straight. They can't catch them. Like, it's, uh, it is what it is. So, Tank's been on pause, but the good news for everybody on Team Tank is that some of the guys that you might like to see get traded so that we can stack more assets, well, while the Tank's been paused, they've made some moves. So, take it as a positive. I'll end it there, because we're running over 21 minutes. So, since soirée inconnue pour les employés de soutien, we are on Spotify. Uh, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate that very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And of course, à la prochaine.
I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.